0: Welcome to San Diego News Fix The Backstory, where we give you a behind the scenes look at our industry and our newsroom. I'm Luis Cruz. This week, we are pleased to welcome our new sports editor, Ryan Finley. Ryan may be new to the San Diego Union Tribune, but he has deep roots in San Diego. Publisher and editor Jeff Light and managing editor Laura Sacallo join us now to introduce us to
1: Ryan, Jeff.
0: Okay, thank you, Luis and uh, Ryan. Welcome, uh, welcome back to San Diego and welcome to the Union Tribune. Uh, why, why don't we just start off with a little bit about Ryan Finley? Give, give us your background as a journalist and uh, as a native San Diegan.
2: Sure, absolutely. It's uh, I'm I'm back in San Diego. With, you know, my hometown. Uh, grew up over in the College Area. Went to what was then called University of San Diego High School. It's now the Cathedral Catholic High School. Go Don's, I guess. Um, (laughs) And from there, I went to uh, Tucson, Arizona, first uh, as a student at the University of Arizona, where I was a journalism major, editor-in-chief of the college paper, all that good stuff. I came back and worked at the North County Times for about two years, just out of college, and then went back to Arizona. And for the last, I had to look this up, and it makes me feel old, Jeff. Uh, I worked at the Arizona Daily Star in Tucson, Arizona, for something like 18 years wow. and two months before coming back and starting Monday at the UT. Uh, I started off as the high school sports editor there, um, you know, basically coordinating high school's coverage, uh, and then moved on to become our college football writer, covering uh the Arizona Wildcats of the Pac-12 and national college football issues. And for the last Nine years, I was the sports editor, uh, dealing with, at the time, sort of a confluence of major events happening in, believe it or not, Tucson, Arizona, NCAA investigations into athletic departments, FBI investigations into athletic departments, incarcerations, hirings, firings, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, when I heard that Jay would be leaving the UT, you know, I reached out and uh, could not be happier. Uh, to be back in San Diego. You know, I got to read some Nelson Cruz stories yesterday, five minutes before the general public got to see them on on our website. And uh, what a cool perk of the job that I get to read Padre (laughs) stuff before everybody else. And just cannot wait. You know, see, I've only been here a few days. Cannot wait to make San Diego my home again and very excited to be back.
0: Well, excellent. Yeah, we're uh, very glad to have you. And I guess I neglected to mention that Jay Posner the longtime sports editor who preceded you uh, retired at the end of last year. So, um, so Ryan, what uh, what what are your plans for the Union Tribune Sports? What can our readers uh, expect?
2: Uh, you know, to to give you just a, a quick backstory. Um, you know, one of my jobs when I was in high school, believe it or not, was I was a peanut guy and popcorn guy and soda guy at Qualcomm Stadium. Literally, I was a vendor, right? You wore the ugly yellow or orange hats. You walked up and down, hawking items to people at Padre games and Charger games. And for me, it was a chance to watch the Padres and Chargers and Aztecs up close. And, you know, as a sports fan, I, I loved that, that access. I mean, I had a pass, you know, that got me underneath the stadium in the middle of games, right? It was cool when you're 16. One of the lessons that I learned back then was, you know, if you're really going to be successful, you need to sort of walk every stair which means you go to the top of every section, you walk all the way down to the bottom of every section, you try to make eye contact with people. You try to, and now I'm going to sort of equate this to journalism, reach people where they live, so to speak. And if there's one goal that I have short term, is to make sure that we're reaching everybody who wants to read the UT where they live. And for some, that means dropping a newspaper off in their driveway. I picked one up in my driveway here this morning. For other people, that means sending them push alerts to their phones. For others, that means the Hot Lava podcast, Kevin Acey's newsletter, uh, it, you know, just making sure that, that the e-edition on the website is as complete as we can give them, making sure that the website is maintained in a way that they see all the latest breaking news. There are, are you know, we have such a large readership, Jeff, but they are segmented in terms of how they read us. And the goal is to try to serve all of these people the best we can. I think the traditional way of newspapering is to make sure that the paper itself is the thing and that, you know, that's where all the best work goes. And that's where if you want to see what we're all about, you, you open the paper. I think that there are more that there's more than just one way to do that. And, you know, reaching everybody the way we can. You know, yesterday, for example, the Padres signed Nelson Cruz a designated hitter 43 years old. You know, within within 20 minutes we had Kevin Acey's story online. We had Bryce Miller working on a column about it. We had pushed everything out to everybody's mobile devices and to their desktops. Uh it was in, you know, our sports newsletter today. Uh and Kevin and I are going to re- we scheduled a podcast so we could talk about that. Uh that's sort of the modern media I think plan now, is to try to reach all these different people in all the different ways that we can.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good answer. I love that uh, peanut vendor uh, analogy. And I think Kirk Kenny also worked as a vendor at Qualcomm stadium. So you guys, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 There you go. Um, Okay. So that's a good answer about uh, 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 modern media and distribution. Mm -hmm. What about what we can expect about, you know, well, the coverage itself, how, how do you think about that? How do you decide w- w- what to cover?
2: Well, it's tough, right? And, and you and I have talked about this sort of off-air off, off air before. You know, sports is different from a lot of other sections in the paper in that there are really easy ways to gauge who is successful, right? Whether that's standings or statistics, you know, anybody can cover a good team. And I think that being a good team makes you sort of automatically newsworthy, correct? The Padres... Are going to get more of our resources now that they're pushing for a World Series title than they did, say, in 2018 when they weren't, right? Um, because they have become more of a community and they become more newsworthy. Uh, so, you know, I think the part of it is just making sure that we're on top of the sports scene enough that we can highlight these successful teams and not the Padres necessarily, but you know, whether that's the the Gulls or even, you know, the indoor football team or the soccers, you know, making sure that we're dialed in so that when they're successful, we can kind of hit it hard. You know, gone are the days, Jeff, where we can put one reporter on every Gulls game and every Gulls practice for nine months, right? Now we need to, I, I think, really pick our spots. And you know, that's part of it. One of the reasons why I took this job is because I think San Diego's boy, poised to become an even better sports city than it is already. Uh, you know, the success of the wave a uh, Snapdragon Stadium uh I think have paved the way for pot the possibility of a major league soccer team which I think would be a great success here in town uh you know the new Midway Arena plans and, and you know more about that than I do probably uh the fact that they could be building a new arena um out you know in the old Midway district where the sports arena is now could lend itself to an NHL or an NBA team um, San Diego State is killing it in men's basketball um they're you know, coming off sort of a a newsy, but down year in football. I mean, there's lots to cover. It's just a matter of strategically figuring out what do we focus on? And, you know, it has to be more than just covering successful teams. It has to be finding the good stories and the things that are victories that might not show up uh, in the standings. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Now, I just want to turn to Laura for a moment uh, uh, as the managing editor. Laura, how do you think about, Sports journalism and where that fits in to the total mix of uh, the UT's coverage, and uh, and then also uh, thinking a little bit about when you select sports news for the front page of the print edition.
1: Well, I'll I'll start with that question. I, I part of my thought process in story selection. is that to me, sports is part of the community, and it's both a reflection of the community. um, and, And sometimes it's a source of connection within the community. And I think Ryan made a good point. Often people think about sports journalism and sports coverage as the standings or the box scores who won what was the score, but in many ways, sports can transcend that. It, it is the celebration of accomplishment and achievement. Doesn't always have to do with a winning team or, or somebody having a personal uh, winning standing in a, in a match or a game. There, there can be other ways in which we're celebrating accomplishment. But it also has to do with the community in different ways politically, has to do with development, it has to do with all kinds of areas that that people are interested in. The Padres in the playoffs, I think, is is a good example of that becoming very much a community story. And obviously we had that on the front page several days. There are people who dislike it when we put sports on the front page. And I and I think you will hear as well. I, I hear from people saying, there's a whole section devoted to that. Why do you have to take up space on the front page of the paper or prominent on the website with that? And I think what we saw in the playoffs was, in addition to the hardcore Padres, rabid fans, a lot of wouldn't necessarily call them Fairweather fans, but a lot of other people getting swept up in the enthusiasm and kind of the the community bonds around cheering for the Padres during the playoffs. Um I, I do think there are some interesting questions about what we what we cover and how we cover it. And I think, you know, the way they said a, a single game attendance r- record this year. That to me was a big accomplishment. It speaks to the community enthusiasm around that team, and to me says, you know, we should be taking a look, a very hard look at how how much coverage we give and how we think about that that team. It's not just professional baseball. You know, we don't have a professional football team here anymore, um, but we do have a pro soccer team. So how do we think about that? And I think there are lots of questions about how we, how we cover women's sports as well.
0: Mm. Yeah. 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 Right. What, yeah. Why don't you weigh in there? What, what I guess that's just an extension of that question I asked previously, how do we decide what to cover? I think I heard in Laura's response, arrows pointing a, in a couple of different directions. Uh, what, what 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 else are your thoughts on those topics?
2: Well, I agree too. I also agree that covering teams that maybe the UT hasn't necessarily focused on in the past, it might be a way to bring in readers and community engagement that we haven't necessarily had in the past. You know, when it comes to women's sports is a wonderful example. You know, at my former stop, in Arizona, we, we were able to add a, a reporter to cover women's basketball, women's college basketball, because the team there got successful and we had a wonderful freelancer who was on the front lines with them during their climb. You know, they made the national championship game, missed a shot at the buzzer that would have won it all. Uh, and we were able to add a full time reporter and that reporter brought along with her readers that we hadn't had before, frankly, readers who did not look at the paper that I had worked at as a place to get women's sports coverage. And, you know, I think that uh, we would talk that it's it's good for, for everybody, right? It's good in terms of cov- we're covering something that we haven't necessarily covered in the past. We're bringing in new readers. You know, it's good for business and it's good for the community and it's good for the team. You know, there are very few win-win-wins in life and win-win-wins in sports, but that's what that was. And, you know, when we talk about the wave Certainly that is on my list of, you know, I think we need a, a strategy for covering them that goes beyond, you know, we'll send whoever's available to cover them. I'm not saying that's the way it was done in the past, but, you know, I think that we need to be strategic and intentional about how we cover this team that yes, has become a bit of a phenomenon. You know, Alex Morgan, who's the wave's most visible player. She's probably the most popular women's soccer player in the world. You know, it, How much do we focus on her? How much do we focus on them? Uh, To me, that's a real opportunity to not only grow our coverage, but to grow our readership base.
0: Yeah, interesting. You know, I guess as as I'm listening to you two talk, that sports uh, faces the same kinds of questions that we face in all of our coverage, which are – are we – Are we guided by the popularity of the of the things we write about? Do we just write the stories that will get the biggest uh, uh, audience, Mm -hmm. which argues for the wave and the Padres? I think I understand that uh, thinking as the publisher, by the way. (laughs) Um, Or are there other uh, considerations that 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 also ought to guide our coverage or that uh, are are more important in guiding our coverage than what's already popular?
2: It's simply succeeding. That's a great question, Jeff. And, you know, I think I would counter that if we wanted to just get page views, all we would do every day would be running point counterpoint on the chargers. (laughs) (laughs) One story would be the chargers are awesome. And then we'd have another story that said, no, the chargers are traitors. You know, I, I think that there's an art to to selecting what we do and what we cover. And a lot of that has to be guided by issues of fairness, by issues of doing something beyond what we've done in the past, uh, by shining a light on people who are successful. And what is success? Right. Mm-hmm. That's the question. In sports, we have standings and stats that tell us who the best are, but success isn't necessarily just being the best. So where do we find that in you know, Jeff, I think that the average age, and you would, you would know this probably better than I would, just in terms of experience level of sports reporters on the UT staff. Uh, if I had to guess, the average full time reporter has been here something like 20 years, maybe more. Maybe John Maffey brings that up a little bit, uh, <laughs> brings that average up. Uh, that's where having talented reporters and people who have deep ties to the community really helps you, because these are the people who see these stories coming. Before they become successes, right? Kevin Acey was able to tell us that Fernando Tatis was going to be a very big deal, probably two years before he became a very big deal. Um, you know, and we have reporters who do that in all things, whether that's the Aztecs or high schools, or you know the pro sports teams that we have, whether it's the Wave or the Gulls, or, or even the Strike Force in, in Arena Football.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the answer to that question on deciding what to cover. Has to do with the notion that when we write a story about the Padres, let's say, or any mm-hmm. topic, we're not just telling the reader about the Padres, we're telling them something about the Union Tribune. Yes. Right? So, uh, so, uh, if we only cover the things that are super popular, that is one expression of who we are, mm-hmm. And and um, and what our customer is buying when they sign up for us. And if we have uh, uh, broader or more thoughtful or more insightful criteria about who we include in our report, that also is an expression of uh, of what people are signing up for with us. Um, I just wanted to like move on to maybe uh, uh, another related theme. Uh, and let's start with Laura on this one. Uh, you know, Laura, you mentioned that like some people don't like sports, or some people don't like sports on the front page, and um, uh, I think that has to do with the opinion that sports is different than other kinds of news. Uh, whether that's true or not, uh, I'm not sure. Um, but but is it different? You know, is and, and is sports journalism different? What, what what is your thought about that question? Like different than the news writing that uh, uh, that we customarily would use in in the front section.
1: Well, i, I think it I think it is different, I, and I'd be interested in in Ryan's thoughts. i I think the perspective by which most of our sports writers are writing. I I I don't want to say it's not objective, but it. I, I use the Padres as an example. Our Padres coverage, Kevin does an incredible job and has incredible sourcing. His perspective and his deep knowledge is reflected in his writing. It, it you know if. If we're um, comparing his game story to somebody else's game story, it's going to be different. And I think there is writ large, much more latitude given in sports journalism to the infusion of opinion and perspective in stories than we would accept in a, a hard news story, a straight news story.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. For instance, I mean, at the UT, uh, we have uh, a a rule that says a journalist can't be both a columnist and a news reporter on the same topic. Right. Right. For instance, Michael Smolens could not uh, share his insights and opinions about a political race and then be assigned to cover that race. But that's really not the case in sports. right? Right. Like it would not bother me uh for uh Mark Ziegler to write a column about uh, the Aztecs and then to go write the game story mm-hmm. and uh I don't know if all the other papers follow those rules but that that all tells me that there is something different about sports journalism. Ryan you you are a sports journalist uh, do you Thank see you,
2: differences? I do. I do. And it's so funny, you know, in the case of Kevin, you know, Kevin is so sourced and so <laughs> he is so dialed in uh, to the Padres that, you know, some days you could probably put a column sig on his stories and it wouldn't look out of place. Right. Kevin will just, he has a real skill for, for telling the readers stuff that maybe not necessarily can be attributed or leading readers in a way so that they know what's coming. Um, And I think that's a real skill I find in, in, you know, Jeff, I, I, read a lot uh, from a lot of different newspapers and websites, you know Kevin and Mark in particular are so skilled at weaving in their knowledge in stories that make them readable. It's not just they're not going to pound you over the head with stats or with you know kind of inside baseball stuff. They they both have a real skill for taking all this knowledge that they know and passing it along to a reader in a way that, I mean, it's kind of like a trusted friend telling you what's going on and. I think that that's a real – we probably are able to take a little bit more liberties in sports than you are in news uh, when it comes to that. But I think that the end result really creates a great bond between the reader and the writer. You know, I hadn't met Kevin A. C. until I started going through this interview process back in September or October. Um, I felt like I knew him because I've been reading – I've read every word he had written for probably 15 years. And same thing with Mark Siegler. You know, I I had I felt like I had this relationship with them, even though I had never met them before. And, you know, both of those and my goodness, we could say the same about a number of other writers uh, at the UT and the sports department. But those two in particular, I think, are just gems and people who we're lucky to have and looking forward to seeing even more from them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Let's uh, let's uh, just close with a little discussion of the power of fandom. Uh, you, you shared a story the other day about uh, the uh, the uh, Padre's uh, Dodgers series yeah. um which which I think showed uh, showed the positive side of fandom. and then we've had a bunch of incidents in San Diego have really shown the the negative side of fandom The ugly right? side sure. brings, yeah, the ugly side, right Brings out the best and worst in people. very powerful force in people's lives. um any thoughts on uh, on on the power of fandom?
2: Without uh, with, without being too hacky here in terms of a Padre pun, you know, it's faith, right? For a lot of people, sports is, it might not be religion, but it's close. And, you know, there's passion there. There are shared experiences. Everybody gathers, you know, in the NFL, everybody gathers every Sunday, right? Um, in many ways, I, I love what how sports is able to bring communities together. You know, I snuck into, I got tickets to that Padres Dodgers playoff game where the Padres eliminated LA. I think we were in the second to last row and to watch this real cross section of San Diego in front of me come together. Once the Padres took that lead, I mean, hugging arms around people high-fiving and it really, really ran the gamut. I mean, I think the person in front of us was was in his eighties and had been going to games since, since they showed up, right. Since 1969 Uh, sports, I think sports is way more a power for good than it is power for bad. Um, I, I do know that, you know, there are ugly incidents with fandom. Um, but I think that, you know, having community in, in an era where there's not a lot of sort of natural community anymore really matters. Right? Everybody works from home as much as they can. Uh, you know, you're maybe you don't go to the park and talk up the parent that you see or, you know, your kids might not bond with other kids. You know, they may be playing video games instead of playing on soccer teams. And, you know, sometimes the community that you find is among fellow fans. And, you know, I don't shy away from that. I think that that's what makes sports special. Um, but also perspective matters. You know, you don't want to be, you know, I, I I cringe when I see some of these things that happen in the stands at NFL games. Um, I don't understand how people can do that in terms of the violence and the ugliness but I think by and large sports brings people together and I wouldn't be involved in it if I didn't believe that. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to a great sporting year. I think there's some signs that it is going to be a pretty great year. Right. And and, uh, some great, uh, some great work by you and your team, Ryan. Thank you so much. And with that, I will turn it back to Luis. Thank you very much, Jeff and Laura and Ryan. Welcome to the team. That does it for this special edition of San Diego News Fix. Remember, you can read San Diego's most comprehensive local sports coverage anytime on our website at SanDiegoUnionTribune.com. For everyone at the San Diego Union Tribune, thank you very much for listening and for supporting local journalism.
1: Have a great day, everybody.